and it's pre- a friend of mine who is a historian. I'm not going to mention the church, but who's a historian was doing some digging in her church because her church had been around um, since before the Civil War. And in the basement somewhere, way back in the back, uh, while she was doing some research on stuff, it'd be like the robe closet for the choir. She she came across um, several KKK robes. Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Kevin Riggs and I want to thank you for listening to Floods of Justice, a weekly conversation with my guest along with co-host Kevin Sage where we discuss current events from a biblical perspective without the labels. If you have your Bibles, open them to Amos chapter 5 and I want to read verse 24 where the prophet Amos says, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, justice, justice. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 3, where we discuss the issue of white supremacy surrounding the proposed removal of the Nathan Bedford Forest Bust at the State Capitol Building. Floods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Follow the Holler for relentless coverage, shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee. Find them online at tnholler.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the tnholler so many issues uh, that are pressing in our state and from my perspective um, the the solutions or what's coming out of our state capital are not good um, it just seemed like that as we mentioned in the last episode that our legislature has taken a hard right um, led by our governor and um, and it seems like the policies that they're passing and the and the legislation that they're passing um, just targets people who are already struggling and who are already and who are already marginalized. Um, an example of that would be the Nathan, Nathan Bedford Forest bust. Now, for those who don't know what's going on, if you don't live in Tennessee, um, in our state capitol, in like one of the atriums, right before you go into the Senate chambers, um, there's um, a, a big open space that's got several different busts of different people. And uh, most of those people, um, I mean, they're key Tennessean figures, and most of them are in politics. There, there are a few war, um, you know, kind of people, generals and so forth. And, uh, and these <clears throat> busts have been up for a long time, with the exception of the Nathan Bedford Forrest bust. There was actually, I, I was listening to somebody talking about this the other day, and there was actually supposed to be another Confederate general that was put in the spot where Nathan Bedford Forrest was. And uh, for whatever reason, it got shot down and never was put up. And so this, this place where the bust is was just an empty space. I mean, it was obvious something was supposed to go there, but it remained empty for decades. Um, and then in the mid-70s, um, one of our senators, Douglas Henry, he was Democrat. Um, he was also, if he wasn't a member of the Sons of the Confederates, he had close ties with the Sons of Confederates. And so he made the decision and got it passed through uh, the state where they, where they um, uh, authorized a new bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest to be made and put in the state capitol. Now, Nathan Bedford Forrest uh, was a Confederate general. He was a slave owner, a slave trader, and um, overall, just not a nice, just not a nice guy. Um, in fact, there's one story where Nathan Bedford Forrest made, he was already wealthy, but he made lots of money because he actually sent his slaves. You, you ever heard people say that there were Confederates who fought for, or there were slaves who fought for the Confederacy? 
You ever heard that? Yeah. Well, what would happen would be something like Nathan Bedford Forrest, where he would hire out his slaves to the Confederate army. They would take care of the animals. They would cook. uh, They would not carry guns and they really didn't fight on the front lines. I think on occasion when Confederate, when slaves fought for the Confederacy would be when they were overtook by the Union army and, and they were bodyguards to their owners who may have been a Confederate soldier. And so they would pick up something, um, to fight with just kind of almost self-defense if that makes any sense but they weren't authorized weapons and so nathan bedford forrest hired out his slaves to the confederate army and the confederate states of america paid him lots of money the slaves got zero you know they didn't get any of the money so if you're a confederate soldier you got paid a little bit but the slaves did not get paid and so nathan bedford forrest hired forrest hired out a lot of his slaves to go and work basically for the confederate army in the confederate states paid him uh, for that. Um, People who defend Forrest will say that he was a military tactician, uh, that he was a a smart uh, general. Um, He wasn't smart enough to win the war, but apparently he was smart enough where people think that he's one of the great military minds in uh, U.S. military history. Well, he was also a Confederate, which means that he was a traitor to the country and was trying to overthrow uh, the country. And so um, um, now there, there are stories late in life. Well, after the Civil War, um, he became the first grandmaster of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and, uh, but then there are stories that late in life, he recanted all that and became a Christian and was baptized. Um, but if that's true, you know, God has forgiven him and all of that, but you still don't make a hero out of him. And the thing about the bust at the Capitol is, uh, that he's not in his, the bus is not Nathan Bedford Force in his baptismal robe, but rather it's Nathan Bedford Force in his Confederate general uniform. Um, and so that's what they're emphasizing there. And so uh, that space at the Capitol remained empty. Um, and then in the mid 70s, it was the, the state commissioned someone to make this bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest. And uh, I think it was around 1976, it was actually put in there to great fanfare, but also, and uh, there are old newspaper clippings that show KKK members actually in their hoods. They didn't have their hoods down, but actually in their hats and robes there at the dedication of this in, in, the, uh, in the mid-70s. Uh, from day one, there's been controversy about it. There were some civil rights people on the day that it was installed and unveiled that were arrested because of their protest. And so people have been fighting this from day one um uh, to to remove it it just has no place there why do you want to uh remember a confederate or give honor to a confederate general you know germany passed laws after the fall of hitler um that made it against the law to basically put up any type of memorials to the nazis um now nobody in history has forgotten the nazis so they didn't erase history by doing that uh, but it is against the law to show the, swast- the swastika. It is against the law to have any type of, um, of memorial um, to them. I, I, I'm, I'm rambling now, but I was in um, France. Uh, my uncle lives in France. And years ago, I was in France with him. And we went to Normandy, which is the beach uh, that the United States you know, took over. And we lost lots of soldiers. And on top of the hill at Normandy is a U.S. military cemetery. And um, even though it's a somber place, it's also kind of an inspirational place. You, you think this is what our brave soldiers did to help um, free uh, Europe 
you know, from Hitler. Uh, a few miles from that cemetery is a cemetery where um, the German soldiers were buried. And the contrast between those two, the, you, you go to the to basically the Nazi um, graveyard and uh, it's almost an evil feel. Um, it's very, very dark, um, not well kept, but you know, compared to the other cemetery. Uh, but the only reason I say that is, is like, okay, Germany knows and Europe knows you do not in any way honor um, the, uh, the Nazi army, even though some of them were probably good tacticians. But yet in the United States, especially in the South, we want to honor um, people whose goal was to overthrow and take over the U.S. government, basically. And so uh, the forest bus was put up. Um, I've known about it. I can remember as a kid going to the Capitol and seeing it. But, you know, it's just, well, it is what it is. Uh, but but um, after, uh, really after the Charlottesville event back in 2017, I went down uh, and that was the first time that I actually went to protest to try to get the bus removed and built some relationship with some people who've been trying a lot longer than I have uh, to remove it. And uh, when, <clears throat> when Governor Lee became governor, his first thought on this, because Governor Haslam tried to get it removed. Governor Haslam was for removing the bust from uh, the Capitol. Um, and then Governor Lee, when he was asked that question early in his first term, he said, well, maybe it should stay, but let's try to put it in context. Basically what he was doing was stealing our idea at the fuller story <laughs> to contextualize something. And, uh, and we did, I don't know if he ever heard it, but when we were asked questions about it, it was like, no, this can't be contextualized because this is Nathan Bedford Forrest. This is not some general Confederate soldier. This is Nathan Bedford Forrest who is guilty of war crimes. You can't contextualize that. You know, he, he needs to go. And then uh, about a year or so ago, Governor Lee changed his stance and asked for it to be removed and put into the Tennessee State Museum. And interrupt me anytime, by the way. <laughs> um, and, and so he asked for it to be removed. And from day one, as far as, far back as I can remember, um, which, which is not that long ago, but, but basically, um, the process that we and others like me have been told over and over and over and over and over again was that the um, Capital Commission has to approve it, and then it goes to the Historical Commission, and the Historical Commission has the final say, and it has to, it has to pass by, I want to say it was like a two-thirds majority, and if two-thirds majority of the, of the Historical Commission says that, that you can re remove it and replace it and place it in the museum, then that's then that's then that's the path to go nothing was that that was always just the two steps the capital commission and the historic commission and so last summer in june in june july it may have been july the historical commission by a vote of it was either nine to two or eleven to two i can't remember if it was 11 or 13 members but i was there i just can't remember but they voted um almost unanimously to remove it um, only two voted against it and the two who voted against it represented the Republican House, the Republican Senate. And so the only two people who voted against it were representing the Republican Party. Um, and so the Republican Party voted against Governor Lee, who is, who is the Republican governor, who is calling for it to be removed. That's a whole other story. Uh, but anyway, so overwhelmingly, it was voted to remove. And so it went to the Historic Commission. And so a week or so ago, uh, maybe the 1st of March, the Historical Commission met. Um, everybody was under the impression that that was the final say. There had been a couple of news stories released in, from July to March. 
where where um, uh, Representative Sexton and some others were saying, no, you missed a step, but it, but most people just seem to ignore that. Um, and so um, and so back the first of March, the Capitol Commission voted. I mean, they had dozens and dozens. I can't remember uh, the amount, but I mean, it, it's 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 north of more than 50 members of the Historical Commission. All but one voted to remove it. And so only one abstained and that person or one one voted against it. And that person was representing the Republican Party again. Um, and but everybody overwhelmingly it's time to put it in the uh, in the state museum and get it out of the Capitol. Uh, well, immediately um, this this. Up until now had never been stated this um, this law or this step that had been missed. They were saying, no, it had to go to the building commission before it went to the historical commission. And ultimately the building commission has say over everything inside the Capitol from furniture to monuments to bust what's, what's done with it. Now, someone sent me a link to the actual law that does say that, you know, but it's like in the small print, <laughs> some of a contract that nobody ever reads. Um, and, and so, but what that means is all along, somebody knew that it needed to go to the building commission, but they didn't want to say anything. You know, they just kind of kept that hidden. And, and now, uh, when, once it looked like it was finally determined to remove the bus, oh, wait a minute, you missed a step. Um, and not only did you miss a step, but what they're saying is if the capital, if the historic commission removes the bust, then the building commission is going to bring a lawsuit against them. And uh, if they win, which they probably will because of, of the way the law states that the building commission does have this authority, then, then everything would have to start all over again. So you'd have to go all the way back to the Capitol Commission and start the process all over again. And then in more recent days, like today and yesterday, um, some more representatives were getting on board saying it cannot be moved until you go back and go to the building commission. And what they're calling for now is that it needs to start all over again. And the the people, the members of the historical commission need to be kicked off and you need to stack the historical commission with, with people who are in favor basically of the bust so that when it gets to the historical commission again, uh, it won't go that way. And, uh, at, and at first it was the KKK who had threatened this, but now members of the building commission have threatened that if this goes through and the capital commission removes the bust, then um, everything they will sue, everything has to start over again. And they have threatened to impeach Governor Lee because he tried to remove the bust. That's where we are in 2021 white supremacy wow. alive and well and that's probably heavily republican that is yes. wanting to impeach their own republican yes governor yes wow yes it started with i remember over the weekend reading an article where the kkk was calling for the impeachment of governor lee if this happened yeah. uh, but apparently it's gone to some republican senators who have joined that course uh, so their racism is stronger than their political ties yes yeah. yeah now one of the conspiracies they're more theories, racist than they are republican yeah now I, I have to think that governor lee is scratching his head going what uh because there, there's at least part of the conspiracy theory and i don't mean to be cons conspirator but it makes you kind of stop that governor lee knew all along that it was going to be stopped by the building commission yeah 
but yet he was able to play both sides of the of the debate he's for this so he's the good guy he's for this and it was somebody else who stopped it even yeah. though he already but but he has to be surprised that people are going to call for his impeachment uh over <laughs> well over this yeah issue. you'd think that and then it could just be uh, again part of the old big game that they're playing oh yeah you guys okay and then you guys do this and then and then i'll say this and then you guys say you're gonna impeach me and i'll i'll, I'll pretend that i'm shocked but yeah. we know that it's just never going to go that way because we're all a bunch of good old boys. Yeah. And uh, in the end, we'll get what we want. Yeah. And I've shared this and I, I think I may have even shared it on a podcast before, but it, I think it bears repeating because of this, because it kind of shows how this has kind of been the path all along um, that I was at the um, uh, Capitol commission meeting in July uh, because of COVID we weren't allowed to go inside, but I was outside in the lobby watching it on my phone uh, with um, with probably about 50, 75 protesters. Uh, we were just we were all just watching it together. And and while this was going on, I was texting my own senator saying, what in the world is going on? This none of this makes any sense. And he was like, don't worry about it. It's a done deal. It's going to pass. He wasn't even there. He but he was confident, which means there was a deal in place. Right. You know, he don't worry, Kevin, it's going to pass. You're going to get what you want at the end of the day. You may not like how it got there, but you'll get. And I was like, well, that's not enough. Um, <clears throat> but but this is and no news organization really picked this up, which really surprises me that you had the Republican governor calling for the removal of this. When it came time to vote, there was some politicking going on where at the last minute, an amendment was made to throw in two other bust at the Capitol of two other generals who happened to be, one was Union, the other one I think fought like in 19, in the war 1912 or something like that. But there was a Union uh, Navy commander um, who, and basically the amendment was, if you're going to remove bust, we need to, re if you're going to remove force, you need to remove all three of these guys um, because, you know, they're all the military and just have political figures in the rotunda, not the military people. Now, for years, anytime this has been discussed, it's always just been forced and forced only. And there were people who would speak in favor of force and against forest. Um, and so if you and so I've learned more about Nathan Bedford Forrest than I ever thought I would, because I've been in these meetings and I've heard arguments on both sides. At the last minute, these two other generals were thrown in there. Or I guess the Navy guy wasn't a general, but two other military people thrown in there and no one spoke in favor or against these two guys. It was like, throw these two in, and that gave cover. So a, a person could actually say, I didn't vote to remove Nathan Bedford Forrest. I voted to remove all the military people who are in the rotunda. So it gives yeah. them cover. Um, and so then it passed. And, um, and, over, and, the two, and again, the two people who voted no both said before they voted um, <clears throat> that, uh, like, first, you know, because both the, both the House and the Senate in Tennessee are held by Republicans. So, so in Tennessee, you have a Republican governor a Republican controlled Senate and a Republican controlled house. And so most of the people, you know, everybody on the, on these commissions are political, but they're appointed. And so different governors have appointed different people to be on the commission on all these commissions, but they're not, they don't hold any political off office except for these two. There's a representative from the house who sits on the commission. And this is true. I think on all the commissions, and a representative of the Senate who sit on the commission. And so both of those two guys are Republicans. And both of them said before they voted no that they had polled their Republican colleagues 
and the majority of Republicans in the House said they don't want um, they don't want the bus removed, and the majority the majority of the Republicans in the Senate said they don't want uh, the bus removed, and so both of them stated that they're not voting how they feel; they're voting on that poll they took of their Republican colleagues. Does that make sense? Are you following? Yeah. You know, and so and so basically, the Republican Party said no to removing the bust. But what was interesting to me as I was listening to this is I don't know if you could ever, you may be able to, but I don't know if you could ever find a time in Tennessee history where a Republican governor pushed for something and the only people who were against it were the Republican House and the Republican Senate. And so they voted against the governor, their governor, and nobody's mad. Governor Lee didn't say anything. I can't believe they voted against me. Uh, you know, the uh, Senate and House Republicans didn't say Governor Lee is wrong on this issue. They, so, so there was this deal at work in the back. Okay, Governor Lee, you go ahead and do what you're going to do. It's going to pass, but we're going to be opposed to it. Oh, and then at the last second, we're going to pull out this, you missed the step. And so at the end of the day, Governor Lee, it's not going to be removed but yet you've got cover. You were the good guy. You wanted it removed. You just couldn't get it removed. Yeah. You know, and I could be wrong on all that because you're always in trouble if you're trying to judge motives, but, uh, but I've never known a case where the Senate and, and house who were controlled by the same party as the governor voted against the governor and nobody's upset about it. Nothing is, nothing is said. It's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's enough precedence now in this in this country in our world, where you can where you can point fingers at the the hypocrisy, the two facedness. I mean, the, you look at uh, I think it was in New York there was a a police officer that was actually the the department head for diversity and inclusion that was you know on online part of these white supremacy groups and these extremist groups. Yet his job title is about diversity and inclusivity in, in law enforcement and in the workplace there. So obviously it betrays what he's doing online, betrays what he was hired to do in his job. And so it's not outside the realm of, of reality to look at any of these public figures who are standing up saying one thing out of this side of their face when the opposite is, is, is coming out of it. And you go, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, and, and I think the pressure that people that you know the pressure that they feel from their constituents is constituents is obviously hard, and it just shows that really our whole state is still, um, well, there's just still a lot of good old boys and a lot of um, Southern pride, um, sons of the Confederacy, daughters of the Confederacy, um, all those things going on, and it's it, and it's still we're still. Well, there's still just a lot of white supremacy going on, um, and, uh, and you know, and the and the cry is, well, you don't want to erase history. Well, nobody's erasing history. You're going to move it to the state capitol, where really it potentially more people will see it than at the capitol, um, and um, and this is not uh, part of the the daughters of the Confederacy move in the late 1800s to early 1900s uh, of putting up these monuments across the South. Um, you know, I, I would still think that these monuments, most of these monuments need to be removed and put somewhere else. But I can understand somebody saying that that monument, like Chip in our own city, 
that monument has been up for 121 years. It's historical. You don't want to take that down. It's 121 years old. Now, there's obviously fallacies in that myth, but there's a part of me that says, okay, that is part of our history. It's been around longer than anybody who's alive right now. Yeah. But the Nathan, Fe the Nathan Bedford Forest bus was put in an empty, uh, what are they called, enclaves, was put in an empty space in the 70s, the mid-70s. Yeah. And it was made in the mid-70s. It wasn't like this was a, a piece of art that had been it's in the no closet. It's no antiquity. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was made in the 70s and put there in the 70s. <laughs> so was I. Yeah, you know. <laughs> made in the 70s. Yeah, and so this is not part of that of all those monuments that are across the south. Uh, this is totally is apples to oranges. Yeah. You know, and 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 so for the first couple hundred years of the state capitol, Forrest Bust was not there. You know, and so yeah. removing it and putting it in a museum um, along with these other two generals who I feel bad for <laughs> that got caught up in it. Um, one of them, I know the, the Navy guy was Farragut. I can't remember his last name. It was like Admiral Farragut. And the only reason I can remember that name is because my mom grew up in Knoxville and graduated from Farragut high school. <laughs> so that's like the only reason I can remember that name. The other guy, I just never can remember his name, but boy, he's caught up in it. And now he's, go he's going to the, if this happens, he's going to the state museum. So if the, if, the bus gets removed it's still a long way away unfortunately and I, and there is this possibility that's really really aggravating um that says it's not going to get removed it's, there, it, it's never going to get removed I, I hope that's not true and i think eventually it will get removed but but the shenanigans that are that are going on to try to save this slave trader yeah <laughs> is just uh i I don't want to say it's unbelievable because I can believe it, but it's just, it's just incredible how much effort is being put in. Um, well, it's to, disappointing to because you, you see this and I would imagine any, any person of color would go, yeah, I smell a racist here. Like this is, it's just, it, the stench is, is profound. And yet you have a group of, of white people who would say, why are you throwing the racist card here? It's not about racism. It's about history. It's about heritage. And, you know, I have I have my opinions. You have your opinions. I don't know what what like what you say. What do you think the truth is if you boil it down and you and, and they're claiming, no, it's about history and heritage that they're defending this piece of rock mm -hmm. that was made in the 70s. That's not really history or heritage. But, you know, what it. What do you say to the to the ones that still don't see it? Yeah, they and say what, there's still no racism. Yeah, and what you have to ask yourself is what was going on? What was going on in the 70s? Yeah, exactly. That caused people that caused the state to want to do this. And again, without trying to judge motives, even though that's what's happening here, um, I was here in the 70s, and and the desegregation of schools was going on in the 70s what yeah. we call busing so now all of a sudden um you know white parents were having to send their white kids to school with black uh kids and and it's in that context that now this bus was authorized to be made and and placed there sponsored by the kkk with them being present at the unveiling um, yeah my, in, my, in in costume right in costume well, my, brother, <laughs> my brother my brother uniform sorry uniform my younger brother and i don't remember this because i probably didn't go 
Um, but my younger brother remembers when he was in, um, um, well, he was young, so I, but he remembers going to the Christmas parade in downtown Nashville um, with a friend of his. And this was probably would have been the mid seventies. So around this same time. And, uh, and so at the Christmas parade, part of the parade was the local KKK chapter and they were marching in the parade, uh, dressed in their costumes, tossing candy out to the kids, Toss, tossing candy. And this is the seventies, maybe the early eighties, but more than likely it was probably the mid to late seventies. Um, in Nashville, Tennessee. And so, you know, the KKK started in Pulaski, Tennessee. I don't know if you knew that or not, which is about yeah. an, hour, an hour south of here. Um, and um, it, it, it is, it is a friend of mine who is a historian, I'm not going to mention the church, but who's a historian was doing some digging in her church because her church had been around um, since before the Civil War. And in the basement somewhere, way back in the back, um, while she was doing some research on stuff, it'd be like the robe closet for the choir. She, she came across um, several KKK robes um, inside the church. And, uh, and at least one of them was what, the, what the, the leader of the KKK would wear, the black robe with the red, uh, with the red trimming on it inside of a church um, yeah. in Franklin. And the KKK would have told you they were a Christian organization if you were to ask them especially when they started, but even today, uh, they would tell you they're a Christian organization. As we close out this episode of Floods of Justice, we'd like to include some comments from several prominent local voices of color here in Tennessee. Thank you, gentlemen, for taking the time to join us on this episode. And to the listeners at home, if you would like to record a brief response to any of our topics, we'd love to feature it on a subsequent episode. And now, in response to the Nathan Bedford Forest bust issue here in Tennessee, the first voice you'll hear is from Howard Garrett, followed by Roger Russell and Corey House. Hello, my name is Howard Garrett, current resident of Franklin, Tennessee. I'm here to talk about a couple of events that have been happening here um, within our state. Um, Currently, we have a bust by the name of Nathan Bedford Forrest, who sits in our state capitol, um, who represents racism, white supremacy, division, hatred, and our state started the steps of moving forward and removing that out of our state capitol. Any signs of those images of division um, does not belong in a place that should represent and protect the people of Tennessee. Um, Our Historical Commission of Tennessee Um, has finally um, voted um, overwhelmingly to remove the bus out of uh, the state capitol to move our state forward, especially in a time of divisiveness and division. Um, We as a community, as a state more specifically, um, should do everything to unify um, and unite all walks of life. Um, Any signs of Um, hatred that we see in our communities should be removed out because it's a constant reminder of the past that divided and killed and hurt a community, Black people more specifically, um, growing through um, the time period of Jim Crow laws and slavery. Um, And now as we move forward um, and as generations come and go, 
we have to be mindful um, and work towards um, the thoughts and the movement of unification, um, of equity, um, and ensuring that we are putting off the image um, that we are better than where we came from. Um, currently, I can't say that we've ever been better in the state of Tennessee because we've been constantly um, defending racism. We've been constantly defending white supremacy. We've been constantly defending signs of hatred. Um, and we need to do better um, to ensure that we are putting off an image to ourselves um, and reflecting um, this Christianity that we so um, spend so much time preaching about. So even although, I'm sorry, although, excuse me, although we have voted uh, to remove the bus, our state legislators have been doing a great job in doing whatever it takes to keep the bus there. They recently passed a bill or resolution um, that states that if our governor um, removes the bus, that they will impeach him. They've also tried to remove and fire all of the 12 historical uh, commissioners uh, on the historical commission. Um, and it's unfortunate they've spent so much time this year and years prior to sow division, to pr uh, promote white supremacy, to take away the powers and the rights of women, to hinder families who are raising LGBTQ trans kids. They've spent so much time defending those racist and divisiveness and div sowing division in our community um, they, that they have yet spent time to protect our community from the pandemic, protect our people from not being um, evicted out of their homes or making sure that they have health care. They do everything else in our community, excluding from protecting and healing and unifying us. The time is now where we must move forward. The time is now where we must do a better job in protecting Tennesseans and being what we're called to be, and that is a community. Greetings, my name is Roger Russell, and I come today representing many spaces, utilizing my voice to speak up for many who've been silenced throughout the years as a lifetime citizen of Tennessee and a man of color and a man of faith and a pastor. I urge you, Governor Lee, to do what is right, and that's to follow through with the order to remove the bus of Nathan Bedford from the from the Capitol building. This bus is a two-sided coin of history. Though both sides note history, we must be reminded that for people of color, it speaks of history of pain and horror and enslavement and lynching and death in the brutal South who wanted to maintain the idea that African Americans could only be three-fifths of a man. Exercise your responsibility as governor and do the will of the people by doing the core value and fiber of what your Christian faith says, and that's creating an opportunity for harmony among the people. Please, Governor Lee, do what's right. Hello, my name is Corey House, and I'm pastor of the Connection Hill Church in the Thompson Station community. The nature of my message is for Governor Lee, Governor Lee, do the right thing and remove the Nathan, Nathan Bedford Forest bust. It doesn't belong in the state capitol. As a matter of fact, it's already been voted to remove it. So I'm asking you to please do what's right and remove this bus. The bus doesn't represent the state of Tennessee. I mean, imagine 
our children of color going into the state capitol and having to witness this bust in a building that we say we have all rights and all privileges and everybody's treated equal and fair, yet the bust represents separatism, racism, and putting the people down if they weren't the right color. Governor Lee, that doesn't represent us. So again, please do the right thing. Tennessee needs to be on the right side of history. And yes, I understand you can't erase history, but Governor Lee, we can't eradicate the hierarchical caste system that we perpetuated for years. The Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Join the conversation online at floodsofjustice.com or find the Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs on Twitter at Riggs underscore Kevin. Floods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler podcast network. Follow the Holler for relentless coverage, shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee. Find them online at tnholler.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the TN Holler.